else's car today here at church, but make sure you got it and pass it out. Uh, we're back uh, this coming weekend. Next Sunday is African Christian Fellowship is a ministry that typically meets twice a month in the afternoon on Sundays. Every year they do an appreciation uh, for the church and they provide lunch. That's not today. Some of you went today, right? Some of you woke up, lunch. Huh. Next Sunday, right after uh, service, African Christian Fellowship. Uh, and usually we have a lot of them that come. I'll wear my, they got me a couple shirts, so I'll wear my shirt uh, next week. But they'll come on out, celebrate. We'll have them share a little bit about what's, what's going on. But they're going to provide lunch for us, so that's next Sunday. And then October 29th, the last Sunday in the month, we're going to do water baptism. So if you've never been water baptized, maybe you've recently rededicated your life or you know that you need to take a step to be water baptized, you can go to our website, uh, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can fill out the contact one. If you saw an email this week that went out, it had the information on there as well too. We do water baptism out in the courtyard in a nice heated spa, right? It's an inflatable spa. And then we do a celebration lunch after. So I want to encourage those of you that haven't done it, October 29th. And then just put it down so you have it. Friday, November 3rd, our uh, homeschool group that's here on campus Tuesdays and Wednesdays is doing a fall festival. It'll be out in the parking lot. Game booths. They, I know they've got a few other things in the work. Uh, bounce houses, trainless or trackless train, petting zoo. It's not just going to be somebody's dog. You know, they're looking at one of the ones, a petting zoo. But we're going to do a craft booth and then a booth for uh, healing prayer, people that need prayer. So mark that down. That's coming up um, as well. All right, so I have one verse today for our tithes and offerings, and that is Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. And I want you to uh, see and hear the words of Jesus when he says this. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Notice what he says first. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. As we do each and every week, I'm going to put a prayer up on the screen and I'd encourage you to pray that individually between you and your Father God at this time. Let's pray this together. As I give in today's offering, Father, I believe that you will use my offering for your purposes and that you will increase my faith to become a pipeline for your abundance to flow through me. Use me, Lord, and pour through me. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, Amen. If you're giving in service today, there is an envelope in the seat back pocket. Uh, you can place that offering in the giving slot that's on the wall as you exit. You can also go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online. And what I encourage you all to do, go online and download today's message notes. Uh, the messages are posted on our podcast right after service. You can get that on our website as well, too. All right. If you have a Bible, if you have a, uh, a phone, a tablet... Grab your neighbor's Bible if they've got one and they're not looking. But if you have a Bible, uh, you can open to two places with me today. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. 
And then we're going to be in 1 Corinthians 9. Last week, uh, we looked at the Apostle Paul. In fact, we're going to look at this one verse in a minute. So before he was Paul, the Apostle, he was Saul, the murderous, right, legalistic Pharisee of the day, breathing threats against Christians, imprisoning Christians. But he had a major transformation on the road to Damascus where he was going to go arrest Christians. And Jesus took it personal that he was persecuting the church. Now, many people say, well, if I had such a, a, a radical uh, conversation with Jesus like he did, yeah, I would live my life totally different. I, I don't think so. Because every day we make a choice. One of the songs that we said today, right? It, it's stuff happened yesterday, but today is a new day. Today is a day that I'm going to grow in the Lord. Today's a day that I'm going to challenge myself in the Lord. Today's a day that I'm going to worship the Lord with all of my heart, soul, mind, and strength. Today's a day I'm going to take a new step in him. So Saul, you know, the breathing murderous threats held coats when they stoned Stephen, the very first martyr of the church, has now been transformed by an interaction with Jesus. In fact, I'd encourage you to follow Saul before he's Paul in the book of Acts, starting around Acts 9, and read and see how he kind of weaves in and out. And he'd go to these church meetings and people would look at him and they'd say, oh, Saul's here, right? We better get out of here, right? And they were concerned. Saul, right? It's Saul here. Well, he confessed Jesus. He preached Jesus uh, in the synagogues. He witnessed to people. But we actually see him weaving in and out. And the disciples, the early disciples, were concerned. Like, is this, did somebody covertly put him into our church or our meeting that he's going to, you know, rat us out when that didn't happen? In fact, Paul preached so long one time. We don't know how long. The Bible really doesn't say how long he preached. But it was long enough that a guy fell asleep on the third floor and fell out and broke his neck and died. Wouldn't it be like, well, he should have stayed awake. It's his fault. No. Paul went out, laid down on him, and as Paul left, he rose up and was alive, right? It was like that long. And he probably kept preaching that long. How many of you love long sermons? It's got, it's got like two or three honest people. Well, we have nowhere to go today, right? There's nothing to do. No. So uh, at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5, I want to read this. We read it last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 5. And I, brethren, this is uh, Paul speaking, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We looked last week at the physical things that the Apostle Paul went through because of the sake of the gospel. Physically beaten, physically stoned physically in the ocean, 
And so what you would have thought he probably would have looked like, especially when he came to this group, he didn't look like what you thought. He probably looked like some beat up, tired, old, somebody coming in. Maybe his voice rattled a little bit. Maybe he was shaking a little bit. But he wanted to let everybody know, I might look weak. I might not say the right thing. I might not have it all together. But let me tell you what I have. I have demonstration in the Spirit's power. And that was the number one thing that, that counted. And so we can throw out, every one of us has an excuse, right? We can throw out that excuse because Paul listed right there all of the things that should have been an excuse. I don't talk right. I don't look right. I, I, don't, I don't know how to put the three-point sermon. I don't know how to do any of that. Paul said, no, I depended on the Spirit's power. So, Lord, we pray today as we look through these scriptures that as you took a Saul and completely transformed him, and we read about Paul, Lord, let us look even as into a mirror as we look into this word. Look into our hearts. Lord, your, your number one goal in our life is to see a transformation in us, but we've got to take the step. And you want to do it, and you want to see us in demonstration of the Spirit's power. And we receive it today in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I, uh, there was a story that had circulated Father's Day of 2019 at a McDonald's in Indiana. Somebody started it, the pay it forward. How many of you have ever gone like through a drive-thru and the person in front of you paid? Anybody have that happen? And you thought, they thought you were good looking. Yeah, probably wasn't the case at all. I, they just felt like paying it. Well, this one McDonald's in Indiana, 167. So somebody started it. And then the next one started it, and then it just kept going on, and they recorded 167 people paid it forward. You kind of like to be the guy of, I'll just have the $1 meal, right? And so hopefully they got the big one in front of you. But people begin to do it. Now, we know around holidays, whether it's Father's Day, Mother's Day, uh, Christmas Eve, uh, many people are really cheerful and happy, and they want to express themselves. They'll say Merry Christmas, or they'll say Happy Father's Day, or I'd like to tell the guys on Mother's Day Happy Mother's Day. Right? Just kind of a little inside joke there. But people had that part in their heart is they wanted to pay it forward. They wanted to make a change that day in whoever the person was behind them. Well, when we read about Paul, Paul has this passion to go into these major cities with nothing and start a church. Or he has that passion or mandate from the Lord to write letters to different churches to correct things that he's getting feedback on about churches. But he has a passion to see people transform. Interesting, right? Because of his life. He has a passion to see people change, transform, growing in the Lord, demonstrating in the Spirit's power. Because his transformation was amazing. So I, try, I tried to think of this. If I could just read one verse that maybe would sum up the Apostle Paul. It's almost impossible to do, but I want to put this one verse on the screen. It's Acts 20, 24 out of the New Living Translation. I think he would choose this verse. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. 
fact, let's all read that. That's a great, great verse when we think about our own life. Let's read that together. Ready? But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned by me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. You know, Jesus would tell people the wonderful. Jesus had a man named Nicodemus come to him at night. Linus a few weeks ago shared in the village that he grew up in Africa. He says, when it got dark, the only thing you had was a candlelight. There was no street lights. Bible time, there's no street lights. There's no accent lights on properties. You had candles. And so he came at him at night, probably not to be seen, but he wanted to know. He wanted to understand. And Jesus began to talk to him about being born again. We know there was a woman at the well. We don't even know her name. But we know that Jesus ministered to her. And Jesus spoke some things that she was actually doing in life. And she went back and she had to tell everybody what Jesus said. But there was also a rich young ruler that he had such a passion to understand eternal life that he ran to Jesus, knelt before him. And what Jesus said to him, he didn't want to do. And he left sad. But what's interesting with Jesus of the tens of thousands that he probably spoke to and taught, of all that we read that were fed, healed, of all that we read about, 500 were eyewitnesses after his resurrection. It's interesting that only 120 were in the upper room. But from that 120, there was a dramatic change that affected the entire world because they were bold enough and not ashamed to tell others about Jesus. So the Apostle Paul uh, takes that, and I, I really get that verse, and I think he wants to win people. He wants his life to matter. Well, let's look at, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians, let's look at chapter 9, verse 15. And I want us to look at how the, the Apostle Paul mentions about uh, winning people to the Lord. And so we're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 9, and I'm going to start in verse 15. But I have used none of these things, nor have I written these things, that it should be done so to me. For it would be better for me to die than that anyone should make my boasting void. For I, for if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge. That I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant. This is Apostle Paul. I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews, I became a Jew that I might win Jews. And to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. To those who are without law as without law, not being without law towards God, but under law towards Christ, that I may win those who are without law. To the weak, 
I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Listen to verse 23. Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I may be partaker of it with you. The Apostle Paul says, I'm going to win this one. In fact, I, I wrote it down. There's five wins. Five wins. He wanted to understand, in which he was a Jew, a Hebrew, he wanted to understand those in the law, out of the law. He wanted to understand everything so that he might win some. That doesn't mean I'm like, you know what? I got out of the nightclub. Now I'm going to go back to the nightclub that I can win some. No, 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 no. Look at your neighbor and say no. Tell him, I know you were thinking that. No, don't tell him that. No, win some. My life is worth nothing unless I use it. Now, you might be sitting there and you might be thinking, you know, but I, I'm not called to preach the gospel. You know, we're all called. We're all called. We're all called to share. We're all call, called to be a part. And normally what it is, is it takes us getting out of ourselves just to share sometimes just enough to have that heart. Father, how will you use me today as your, your people that I come across, your precious people that I come across? Because he, he says that, he says, now I do this for the gospel's sake that I may be partaker of it with you. In fact, the New Living says, I do everything to spread the good news and to share its blessing. Isn't that a great one? I do everything to share the good news, to share the blessing. Several years ago, the church that I was on staff on in Anaheim, they hosted, it was a Korean missions conference. It was probably about 1,000 people. I was asked to close out the event praying for the missionaries that were going out. I had no idea what I was getting involved in. These were everyday, ordinary, working people that had on their heart to choose countries that the Holy Spirit led them to go for typically like a month or two months to go and be used by God however it was. We're talking countries back Syria, Afghanistan, Iraq, a lot of the Middle Eastern countries. They would go with only enough money for about three days. They took the gospel serious that they, when Jesus sent out some, that they only took some supplies. Three days... And they all prayed that they would come across somebody. And I'm thinking, they want me to pray for them. I need them to pray for me. Like this, these, these were people that worked jobs. In fact, I remember talking to this one couple. She was a shoe designer, and he was the shoe manufacturer. And they had a large store in Manhattan in New York. Very successful business. The Lord had moved on their heart to spend two months every summer in some country just like this. And so they switched their jobs. He became a driver instructor, like a teen driver. Like I'm like, that's like more dangerous than a shoe guy, right? That's more dangerous than going to Syria, a teen driver. No, but he would teach teens how to drive. She was a tutor. But they lived for that opportunity to go. You know, everybody has an assignment. Everybody has an assignment. I didn't leave there feeling like, man, what a louse are you, right? Three days, just enough money to get by. No, what is the assignment that the Lord has? Let's celebrate that one assignment. Let's celebrate. Look at your neighbor and you say, I celebrate your assignment. 
you might be sitting there going, I have no idea what my assignment is. Well, the Apostle Paul says a couple things. I want to look at a couple scriptures in Rome, in Romans. Romans 10, 15, we looked at this last week. He said, and how shall they preach unless they are sent, as it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. But he mentions this early on in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, and he makes this a personal statement where he says, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation, to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. You know, so we, we find ourselves coming before the Lord, asking Him for an assignment, and taking on that opportunity to share that it is the best good news. It's an eternal good news. It should be an opportunity for us, it should be a, a joy to begin to tell people what even the Lord is doing in our life. It's interesting we read this in the book of Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. And I think it's interesting that we read this in the Old Testament. But we read this, that the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. And listen to what it ends. And he who, say it with me, wins souls is wise. Old Testament. There wasn't a, a winning of souls back there. That's coming into the New Testament and accepting Jesus but it was written in there to let us know, he who wins souls is wise. You know, we, we look at the Apostle Paul that he would do whatever, whenever, however, to get the gospel out. He Personal sacrifice, amazing journeys, all of the things that he did, but he wanted it down even in us in the church. We're actually reading what he wrote down, that we would remember to be without an excuse. Does it matter? If I feel like I'm strong enough, doesn't matter the age that I am, doesn't matter what I know or don't know, I have God's power in me to share. I have God's power in me to talk with people, to ask questions. Two Sunday nights ago, we were out for dinner celebrating my son's 21st birthday. And we typically go to this restaurant once a year because it's expensive. I always think of my grandpa when he took us years ago to Maui uh, when I graduated high school, we went to this restaurant that had no menu. And so you just tell him, and then he got the bill, and he said, did you leave me your phone number, or is this what I owe? Like, he was like, you know, I remember that. Is this your phone number, or do I owe this? And so we've kind of gotten to know this uh, one waitress, you know, from time to time, and very bubbly, very I excited, right? Great personality, um, remembers, you know, your name. I think I haven't seen you in a year or something. Remembers everything, and at the end of everything, Michelle said to her, my wife, she said, Emmy, what can we pray with you about this week? Right there in a restaurant, she says, my mom died two weeks ago. And I'm thinking, she was so bubbly, happy, you know, excited that my son turned 21, right, celebrating. But yet inside, she had this bit of carrying around. So we had an opportunity right there in the restaurant to stop and to pray with her. Didn't take an hour and a half, right? I didn't have my Bible. Let me go to my car so I can get my Bible. And can we, can we get everybody out of the area? It was right then, right there, that God used that opportunity and that one question, how can I pray for you this week? Look at your neighbor. Find somebody right around you. Say, how can I pray for you this week? In fact, tell somebody. 
How can I pray for you this week? How can I pray for you this week? No, don't tell them, give me $100 today, that'll do it. No, that's right, you can't. How can I pray for you this week? And allow God's power to use you, and that again, we, we learned this from the Apostle Paul, not to make excuses. We're all busy, we're all doing things. Let me read a couple more verses and we'll close. Luke chapter 15, verse 7, of Jesus' words. And he says this. I say to you that likewise there it will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. More joy in heaven. Whenever we do a funeral, memorial, uh, or something, there's always somebody that will ask, do you think that God lets them look down today on all of the family and people that are here, right? And, and your heart tugs, and your, your heart really wants to say, yeah, of course, there's a window. But I, I, always, I always mention this. I said, you know, if he did let them look down, the, but the Bible says where they are, it's the no mores. There's no more sorrow, no more pain. They, they would look down and they would see everybody and they would be like, they miss everybody. I said, the only thing that we read in the Bible that the saints of heaven are aware about is when a sinner repents. There's joy in heaven. We don't know how that happens. We don't know if there's a loudspeaker. We don't know if Ron Weed is on the drum, playing the drums up in heaven somehow. We don't know what it is, but there's joy in heaven. They understand in heaven and that they celebrate somehow with joy because somebody repented. That's how they know. That's how they know. You know, I think it's important for us to remember that throughout the week. We get an opportunity to allow there to be joy in heaven. And this last verse, and I love, and I remember this often uh, in all of conversations and things we have with people. In 1 Corinthians 3, verse 6, Paul says this, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. I talked to somebody about the Lord. They didn't accept it right there. Apollos talked to somebody about the Lord, watered it a little bit, and somehow, some along the way, they gave their heart to the Lord, and the Lord is the one that gets, right, the increase. It's an increase for him. And I love that verse because all of us are seed planters. We're always planting seeds. We're always trusting in his word that others are talking to him as well. But we do have that opportunity. We do have that, that uh, passion that's given to us from Jesus to tell others. The Apostle Paul, regardless of, all, uh, of what would look like he, that he wouldn't be qualified because he was, that he didn't look good enough, that he didn't say the right things, he knew that he had the Spirit's power within him that nothing was impossible. You know, when the day comes that I stand before the Lord, we do read a few things in the scripture. We want to hear, well done. Thou good and faithful servant, right? You don't want to hear the word, hey, you're going to be well done. You're going to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. But you know what? It's not so much getting to see family. It's are there people in heaven that are going to come and run to you and say thank you, for telling me. Thank you for praying for me. Thank you for encouraging me. 
thank you for that scripture that you texted me. Thank you for that message that you sent. Thank you for that card that you said. It, it was all part of the process because I think that's one of the things that the Lord might say is how many of my children did you bring home to me? And I want to be a well done, faithful servant. So bow your heads if you would with me today because we can all take a step and do that today. And I, I want you to, to think about maybe a family member a friend, maybe it's a, uh, a neighbor across the street, a co-worker. Maybe it's somebody in a different country. So, Lord, we want to come and we, we want to say their name to you right now, Father. We want to begin to pray over them in Jesus' name that they would come to know you, that they would come to surrender their heart to you, that they would repent of all of their sins to you and to you alone. And Father, I pray today that you bring across their path a laborer, a worker of the kingdom. Somebody says something to them, whether they're in a grocery store, whether they're out at a, a ball game, maybe they're at, um, at a park or something. Lord, use somebody in a hospital. Use somebody to say something to them. We begin to pray for them. Lord, I put them on my list, and I want to pray for them every single day and have that opportunity that they would accept you. Lord, we pray for all those that are running from you, that, Lord, uh, that there would be an opportunity and interaction by you over that loved one in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And let me close with this. If you're here today and you've never made and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or today's an opportunity to turn back and to come back to him. I want to pray this prayer, and I would ask all of us if we would pray this together, but would you pray this from your heart that you would believe it and speak it out of your mouth? Let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I open the door of my heart, and I make you the Lord of my life. Fill me today with your Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time or you're rededicating your life, please come uh, see us at the end of service so that we can pray and agree with you. Please write down, if you prayed for somebody, write down a name. Begin to pray over them. Begin to ask the Lord to send laborers. What? Because somebody prayed for me. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody was all integral in us receiving the Lord. Well, stand with me if you would. We're going to close today with this song.